trust your mind with us Kick up your feet, lay back, relax your soul and trust that We can add some shine to your day With some coconut oil Welcome back to Coconut Oil Podcast. I'm Mira. And I'm Brittany. We're just a couple of best friends navigating life, single motherhood, and blackness in Fort Worth, Texas through healing conversations in hopes that you'll heal too. Life happens. Coconut oil helps. So welcome back. We are going into Thanksgiving. We are. I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I mean, and not that I don't eat whatever I want any other time of the year, but like there's just like a certain Thanksgiving food that you look forward yeah. to What's your every year. What's your Thanksgiving food? Um, so I really don't care that much about the mains. Like I don't like ham, turkey. I could yeah, go without because like unless you do the turkey really well, it's just like all Whatever. turkey is dry to me. Like yeah. even when it's juicy, like it's still dry. Yeah, I don't, I don't really I don't care it. for it. Um, all the sides. I love yes. all the sides. I love rolls, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, sweet potato casserole, um, mac and cheese, mm-hmm. the desserts. That's what I look forward to. Yeah. That's what I look forward to. What about you? My favorite side is dressing, like real cornbread dressing. I don't want your mm. stuffing. I don't want your stovetop. Don't give me any kind of bread, <laughs> like just whatever. I don't, I don't do stuffing. Croutons I mean, oh, don't do that. <laughs> there are no raisins or cranberries that go in the dressing. Okay. <laughs> Leave all of that shit out. This is specifically <laughs> cornbread dressing mm-hmm. with like, you know, the sauteed, like my mom, the way that she makes hers, there's like onions and celery. It's the only time we ever eat celery, but it's in the dressing and it just adds like that extra flavor. And yeah. then with turkey gravy, Oh, yeah. That is just gravy. I think Thanksgiving is the one year or the one time of the year where I eat gravy. Yeah. yeah it's and not I like eat a- it on everything. <laughs> everything. I make up for the rest of the year. Smother it yeah. on all the things. <laughs> yeah. No, I used to like Thanksgiving was always my favorite time, um, especially when my grandmother was still alive mm-hmm. because we would all have Thanksgiving with her. Mm-hmm. So we would all go over to her house there'd be like 40 of us and it just wow. be like this big old family time. Sometimes we had family there that I didn't even know who they were. Yeah. But they're like, this is your cousin. So-and-so. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, where's my plate? Yeah. Like that's fine. But like, I just love, I love that whole family atmosphere too. Mm-hmm. And just like being around people you haven't seen in a while, Yeah, you know, and all that's really fun. So I used to think I had a big family. <laughs> Um, but I don't, we, we are not nearly 40 deep, um, (laughs) for our Thanksgiving growing up, like in Seattle, it was like, um, we had to get dressed up Mm -hmm. and it was very much like wear your stockings and pantyhose, your little dress shoes, your dress, do your hair with a little bow in it. And we would go over to my uncle Michael and uncle Darren's and my uncle Darren, who he was he was the best chef and he was very like very grand in everything that he did. So whenever Thanksgiving rolled around, he would have like the dining table all set up. Like it looked like a Norman Rockwell painting, like oh, wow. how the dining table was all just like very pristine. And um, 
yeah, we would do like Thanksgiving dinner and then the grownups would usually just like sit in the living room and like talk and have cocktails. And then me and Chloe would sneak off to the bedroom and watch like Little Mermaid or Aladdin, you know, in our uncle's bed and um, usually fall asleep there. And sometimes we'd sneak back into the, you know, living room, see what the grownups were doing, but it was always boring. So we went back. Um, But yeah. And then as time went on and Um, That was whenever we lived up in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And then whenever we moved down to Texas, whenever my mom was with her ex-husband, Thanksgivings were horrendous. (laughs) They were straight cardboard. It was the worst of times. Stouffers. Yeah. And it was the worst of times. (sighs) There were no best of times. Um, but then after she left her ex-husband and we started doing Thanksgiving with like just us, like me and my sister, my mom, and then my half brother, mm-hmm. um, they got a little better. I mean, we were making our own Thanksgiving dinner and it just, it was what it was. Um, so Thanksgiving kind of, it started up here kind of high yeah, and then it took a roller coaster drop down to the very bottom and then it kind of went up a little bit again. Um, and I think because of that, like... I like Thanksgiving, but it's not like mm-hmm. super important to me. I understand. That. I'm just like, eh, yeah. As long as I get some of the food, like I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. It's lost a lot of its importance for me, especially since my grandma passed. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was kind of like, you realize that there's usually that one person that like holds the family together. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like, I don't know if you've seen um, soul food, the movie, Mm-mm. It's like a staple black movie. We got to work on that because we can't have that. There's lots of movies we need to <laughs> there work are lots on. of movies. But Soul Food is like this movie where ironically, like I remember growing up watching this movie and thinking that something similar could happen to my grandma someday. So in the movie, there's like um, this grandma in the movie and they call her Big Mama. Mm-hmm. And so she's diabetic and something happens to where she like loses a leg oh, from God. diabetes. Yeah. Like with, with diabetic people, you really have to look out for like their feet and stuff because mm-hmm. sometimes they can get like a cut on their foot or something yeah. gets infected and they don't even realize that it has. So, right. Um, anyway, her feet have gotten really bad and she has to get a leg amputated. And I remember as a kid, like thinking, Oh my God, cause this happened, could this happen to my grandma? Cause I knew that she was diabetic. Mm-hmm. Well, before she passed away, like the year before I want to say, she had an incident where something similar happened. She went in, they thought they were just going to have to amputate her foot and they had to amputate from the knee down. <gasps> and she wasn't like a super active woman at this point anyway, yeah. cause she was like in her eighties, you know? Um, but I just remember that happening. And then something in the back of my mind just like knew that it was just going to okay. get worse. Yeah. That it probably wasn't going to get better. But, um, that's what happens in the movie. And then the woman dies in the movie. And like, I just really kind of bonded with that movie, even though I probably haven't seen that movie in years, but it was just like this family that was built around this one woman. Mm -hmm. And when she was gone, it was harder to keep everybody together. And they finally like come together and everything. But, um, I think I've kind of shared with you why I'm not really excited about Thanksgiving this year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am currently not vaccinated. I have a clotting disorder and I've not been released to do so. So 
family back home started a text thread. First, it was a Facebook group mm-hmm. um, to like get everybody to put in there what they were bringing for Thanksgiving. And then I left the group because of a comment by one of my cousins where they asked, this is a vaccinated only event. Right. And I'm like, why was I even invited to this group? Because you all know. And then they started a text thread and put me in the text thread and then asked the same question. So, (laughs) you know, obviously I will not be attending Thanksgiving with my mom's side of the family, which is who I've always had it with, like, yeah. or it's always been back home. But I also haven't seen these people in over a year. Right. And as I look back and like realize there's really only a handful that like, I truly, truly want to be around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah, you have your favorite cousins. You, yeah. Gonna, you go you for the few that you want to see and right. everybody else is there anyway, but you still go because right. there's people that you want to see. Yeah. Exactly. And so now like me and my super cousin, Amanda, we make jokes and I'm like, I'm just going to come up and I'm going to stay in a hotel and we'll just have Thanksgiving there. But I think I'm actually going to end up going to see my sister, which will be nice because our dynamic has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, I don't, I feel like holidays also kind of bring out like the family drama and trauma. Like anytime yeah. that you get around your family again, especially when it's like the big group of people, mm-hmm. things are brought up that you may have forgotten about throughout the year. <laughs> and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Right. Like this is still an issue, huh? Right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I I know that there's been a lot of like disparities kind of like between you and your siblings, you know, growing up, like you weren't super close to all of them. Yeah. And then like, you know, now that's changing a little bit more now that you kind of, everybody's, you know, growing up a little bit and it's kind of like, not like smoothing over, so to say, but yeah. like, you know, I think it's more of like an understanding of one another. So like, mm-hmm. I will say for a fact that as I've grown I've started to really understand my siblings more mm-hmm. because I used to think that they just didn't want anything to do with us and yeah. that they like didn't like us because we were so much younger than them. Um, and now that I'm getting older and we're all at an age now where we can kind of cultivate friendships with one another mm-hmm. because before I was just their baby sister, right. you know, because like we've talked about my oldest brother is 50. And then my sister is 18 years older than me. Mm -hmm. So it's like that dynamic in itself. It's very difficult to stay close, especially when I think we were both going through like growing phases. Yeah. At one point um, for me, like when I was like 18, 19 and I remember going to visit her and when I went down there, like something happened. We had this kind of falling out a little bit. Um, and we didn't actually discuss it until last year in 2020 when she came to visit Mm -hmm. and she had like reached out to me. And I think I was just having like a really hard time and we hadn't like been super close or anything at this point. You know, she just kind of like, we were talking more often. She was calling and checking on Asher. Like they were FaceTiming. Mm -hmm. And she actually, at this point was talking to Asher more than she and I were talking. Oh yeah. Like she would call and like Asher would be with my dad or something. So she would like talk to um, my dad and Asher. 
and oh so it's not like she like called you directly right and was then like just let me talk to Ash <laughs> let me talk to my my nephew yeah um no she was like talking to my dad and then I remember I was like going through just having like a really hard time with 2020 like most people mm-hmm. and she was like I'm gonna come see you and that in itself because so you much, were having a hard because time? I was having a hard That's time nice yeah and that in itself like made such a big impact on me and like it was a step towards us kind of healing our relationship Mm -hmm. and then growing a friendship from that because we finally discussed about this event that happened when I was like 19 Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even something super dramatic it just felt really dramatic to both of us at Mm -hmm. that point so it was like a big misunderstanding um I said some things she said some things neither one of us were really communicating well with one another. So like, and I say that because my mom always talks about how communication isn't just like hearing what the other person's saying, but it's comprehending what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And I don't think either one of us could truly comprehend what the other one was saying at that time. And so we both took it like offensively and Mm -hmm. held on to that. Right. For a while, like I remember coming back because I had flown into Atlanta to see her. And then I remember coming back and like um, talking to my parents and just being like in all this despair. And I'm like, she just hates me and I don't know what I did. And like, you know, and we both kind of just misread the situation. And we finally got to talk about it last year mm-hmm. and realized that neither one of us were we weren't hearing one another. Right. And, um, we were both young and both of us were going through some things and now we're just like at a really, really good, healthy space. And like my sister isn't just like my sister now, she's like a friend also, which is just really nice to have that kind of relationship because I had always wanted like female friends and like I wanted I didn't have female friends, obviously, but like really close, like that sisterhood kind of bond Mm -hmm. because, right. Mm -hmm. Because my sister was always so much older than me. So, um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I tried joining that awful sorority, but just different things like that, um, within our relationship, but I've had decent relationships with everybody else. I mean, as decent as they could be. Like I said, everybody's so much older except for Daniel, like Daniel and I have always been close. And I think now as adults, regardless of whether you started out that close, I think once you become adults and life starts happening, you have to make conscious efforts to keep people in your life, regardless of who they are. Like you have to make a conscious effort to build those relationships. Yeah. And so that's, where me and Daniel are now. Like Mm -hmm. not that I wasn't having to make that conscious effort before, but like growing up with him in the household, like it's just different. Yeah. And then now he doesn't live at home anymore. You know, he's moved in with his girlfriend and they're out like living their life. So it's like, you just have to make like that conscious effort to really build those relationships and to continue to build them. So do you think that is something that maybe like, the older person in the relationship or like the, the person who has the role of like quote unquote elder should kind of like uphold because grow it. Like once we left Seattle, um, you know, there were times, you know, people like people would call like aunts and uncles and stuff. And like, honestly, like we didn't always answer. Like we were teenagers. We were either busy or didn't feel like talking, you know, like we just didn't, answer and I mean after a while you know it stopped and then they were kind of like 
well, why don't you call? Why don't you do this? And I remember thinking even back then, like, I'm like 16. Like you call, <laughs> yeah. you call me like, why, why should it be like on me to, you know, keep this like relationship going, you know? Yeah. Cause I, like, I, I would still like, I would answer sometimes, like we would talk sometimes, mm-hmm. but other than that, it was just kind of like light, you know, like yeah. I was, you were living life, life and yeah. they probably were too. And right. I think that's what I had to realize because for the longest time I had put so much pressure on my siblings to be the one to make this relationship a relationship to like call and reach to call out to and you. reach out to me and mm-hmm. things like that. And I was like, well, they make time for everybody else. But they don't make time for me. And yeah. You know, and, but I also like, I ended up finding out later on that Daniel had been reaching out this whole time mm-hmm. and he would make an effort. So I'm not going to say that I don't think older people, especially when it comes to like aunts and uncles shouldn't make that choice, especially when you're dealing with a child. Yeah. Um. But I do. When. When you're 16, you're 17, you don't want to stay on the phone and talk to an uncle all the time. I didn't. Like, even my uncles and aunts, when we moved down here, like, from Kentucky that I actually did talk to a lot, Mm -hmm. I would rush them off the phone. Yeah. So I understand, like, not necessarily giving up on that relationship, but giving them time and space. I don't agree with them being upset and being like, well, you need to reach out and this and that. I don't agree with that. But I think, like... Now as an adult, I understand it more Mm -hmm. because I'm busy. Right. I've got stuff going on all the time. And even when I don't have stuff going on, I've got stuff going on. Right. You know, like when I'm not busy, I am. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like I need time to myself sometimes. And sometimes I do not want to talk on the phone and I don't owe an explanation to anybody. Yeah. So I have to give them that same liberty that I'm giving myself of. You know, my, like I said, my sister's 18 years older than me. So when she was, I mean, when she was 29, I was like, you know, 11, but let's go back to like me being 19 or, you know, I was 19. My brother's 21 years older than me. He was 40, like living his life, Mm -hmm. running businesses. Like he was in his life, like the real part of his life. I don't want to say that like teenage years aren't like the real part of your life, but they are such a blip compared to the rest of everything else. Right. They feel real. They when feel you're in it, really it feels real. like that is your whole life and nothing else will ever matter. But once you get out of those years, you realize that that really was just yeah. the shortest little. Oh my gosh. Flash in the pan. Insignificant. Of it, it feels well, I wouldn't say I, insignificant. Yeah. It, it definitely kind of shapes a lot of the ways that we do things now. But, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's also an, sorry, like this was just a random thought, but it's crazy how short that time period is. And yet sometimes I feel like a lot of people end up spending the rest of their lives trying to change that really short time period and correct from this like mark that was left on them from the span of five years or, like you can be so impacted by your high school years, which is like four years and be working on that shit for the rest of your life. Oh, like something that happens to you in high school and they're trying to like 
correct their behavior. Not their behavior, but I mean like the trauma that comes with stuff like that. Like something significant that happens in your like development stage. Yeah. You know, and when like we were just talking about, that's really not that long of a time. Right. Yeah. Where something like that happens and then the rest of your life could be 60, 80 plus years. Right. And if something (laughs) traumatic happened during that small window of time while you're in high school, you could spend the, the rest, rest of, of your, your life, life trying to like fix what went wrong. Okay. Yeah. Now I get it. Yeah. Now like on it. yourself. Yeah. yeah. But, um, no, I, like I said, I just give them the Liberty now and I have so much more understanding for other people in life and like life happens. And for any relationship, it's a two way street, mm-hmm. you know, um, people that I really want to talk to, I really make an effort to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Period. Like I used to make excuses and I'm like, well, this person just doesn't reach out. But like, and I'm not going to say that I'm going to bug somebody or like blow their phone up. But if I haven't talked to somebody in a while and it comes to my mind, I really try to make it a point to the moment that they come to my mind. If I have time to pick up my phone and at least send them a text. Oh, that's good. And just be like, Hey, was just thinking about you. Wanted to check in. Like I, try I do not always succeed at that Mm -hmm. but like that's been one of my big things recently on like relationships that I really want Mm -hmm. that I like people I want to keep in my life even if we're not going to be as close as we used to be I make an effort to keep those relationships alive and sometimes like I won't even maybe I'll reach out and then they'll respond and then I won't even respond back for three days because I am that terrible friend and I apologize. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I'll read it and then I forget. Yeah. But then I'll still go back and like reach back out. Like sometimes I'll just scroll through my text messages to see if I forgot to message anybody <laughs> back because I do it so often. Yeah. But I do really try and make an effort to be that friend that I want to be, like yeah. be that person that... um makes that effort to mm-hmm. reach out instead of people complaining and being like, well, I haven't heard from her in a while. I guess she didn't really care anymore. Like, cause yeah. I used to be that person and maybe that's just where they are in their current mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to blame everybody else. Yeah. So. I feel like, cause I do have younger brothers and like younger cousins. So I do feel like kind of like a little bit of pressure to kind of be the one to reach out to them since when I was younger, I was expecting, you know, the older cousins or older, you know, family members to like reach out to me, but I hate talking on the phone. Um, and I'm pretty sure they hate it too. Well, three of my brothers live in Canada. So phone calls to Canada, just, they're not going to happen, but I'll message them, you know, like on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Um, I'll message them and just like, see what's going on with their lives and stuff. Um, but then the, I have a younger cousin who lives in Seattle and, um, you know, I haven't really been that good at like keeping in communication with him, Mm -hmm. but it is kind of like, you know, I see him on Instagram and he's like going to the lake for the weekend, you know, him and his girlfriend and he's going here and they're doing that and they're, you know, doing stuff with his family up there. And it's, it's not like I feel like I'm going to bother him or anything, but it's just like, you know, I feel like it's like, he knows how I feel. Like we know how we feel. We still love each other. And, you know, maybe, maybe I'll 
pick up the phone and I'll text him. But the last couple of times that I texted him, he like didn't text me back, which I'm not, you know, again, I'm right. not bothered by it. because I totally understand. But then I'm like, well, yeah. And then like, that's exactly probably what happened to like, you know, the aunts and uncles that tried to get in contact with me and they're like, well, she doesn't answer. Well, she yeah. doesn't respond. So, oh, well, so yeah. it's just like a big, big cycle of should I call? Should I not call? Should I text? Should I not text? text? Like when in doubt, send a text okay. because at the end of the day, you're probably not going to regret sending it. Right. Even if they don't respond because yeah. you're like, well, at least I have reached out. Yeah. You know? And I think that for me has been big because also I'm trying to think if it was last year or the year before there was a girl that I used to work with who reached out to me on Snapchat and like sent me something. I did not respond. I was like, I'll get to her in the morning. Mm-hmm. She died that night. Oh my God. And I, I know, I'm sorry. It's not funny. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. I was I'm not, not ready for I know, that. I know. And I'm not laughing because it's, it's obviously it's not funny. Like I'm not laughing at the fact that she died. I sound like a really shitty person. I'm laughing at your reaction. Um, but that like moment without being overly dramatic or whatever was like a kind of moment for me where the whole, I hate the whole phrase, like that life is too short. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like you never know when the last time you're going to talk to somebody is. Yeah. Cliches are cliches Cliche- because for, they're true yeah, <laughs> for a reason. Um, so like I said, I just, I just make the effort where if somebody crosses my mind, mm-hmm. if I have that time, pick up my phone, shoot a quick text. Like, even if it's just like, hey, was just thinking about you, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really helped with, like, my family relationships, especially. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously not super close with everybody in my family. Yeah. But I'd say that I'm pretty close with all my brothers and sisters now. Like, we have good relationships now. But it has taken work, you know, um, mainly with the age gap and other things has like any family secrets or like any family drama like specifically kind of like driven you and any of your family members apart um because like I know you're mending some relationships but have there been any like recent relationships where it's like something happened and you're like well recent I wouldn't say there is okay so there was something that happened years ago that kind of took some healing um actually you know what not gonna talk about that so there was something else (laughs) that's okay it's your prerogative yeah sorry it was it was a little deep Mm -hmm. and it was like about me and I just realized what I would actually be saying Mm -hmm. and I was like okay I have to yeah yeah but anyway So we did have like, um, I would say not necessarily recently, but even with my siblings, there's been, you know, my, um, I have one brother where we just share my mom Mm -hmm. and then I have three brothers and my sister are all from my dad alone. Mm hmm. And then one of those brothers and my sister are nine months apart. Mm-hmm. So they are nine months apart. They do not have the same mother. 
And that is kind of the significance of that drama, I guess. Wait, say it again. So the brother and my sister that your dad has Mm -hmm. from another marriage. Right. And your sister that your dad also has from another marriage. No. He was married to my sister's mother, but was never married to my brother's mother. Oh, okay. But they are they were born nine months apart. Oh, gotcha. From one another. So they must have had different moms. They have different moms, yes. They do have different moms. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It was confusing. <laughs> it it can be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like my dad married his first wife twice and then um had two other wives in between I think them and my mom Mm -hmm. yes my mom is my dad's fifth marriage Mm -hmm. because he married the first wife twice okay so there were two other wives in between so it was lady number one lady number two lady number three lady number one again no and then your mom it was like (laughs) lady number one okay (laughs) lady number one oh okay Lady number two, who we did not get married to. So that's just lady number. Okay. So it's like wife number one, wife number one, uh-huh. lady number one. Okay. But and we're then just wife number marriages. two, wife number three, my mom. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, there may have been some more ladies in there, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we make jokes about things now just because, I mean, there are seven of us. So yeah, my dad did the things that he did (laughs) to conceive us all. Um, But I think there was more stuff with some of my older siblings that I still don't really know about, but just that whole dynamic, I can't imagine what that's like. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, we kind of came in me and Daniel when my parents were both married. Um, Obviously there's things that like we've heard about, but I don't want to air like all my dad's dirty laundry right. out, but yeah, whatever you feel is like, yeah, <laughs> is okay to share where, you know, yeah, we can tell our own secrets, but when it comes to other people's secrets, you know, you gotta be a yeah. little bit more discreet a little bit. Um, but yeah, I would say that we all have had like, you know, for my sister, my sister never got to live with my dad mm-hmm. and I did. So I think that also kind of affected our dynamic for a while. Yeah. Um, and even the boys did like my brothers did. Cause my dad kind of took them with him and they traveled, they met all of his wives and, you know, and I mean, my mom's never treated any of them like they weren't her own kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't imagine how it is as kids going off with your dad, meeting different women, mm-hmm. you know, So like that kind of thing, I'm sure that's had some kind of effect on them, but we haven't really dug into that. And I'm sure that they've healed from it, at least to an extent, or if they're still working on their healing and things. But um, I would say that's about it there. But like my mom's side of the family, um, I have a great uncle who got, (laughs) he has a daughter. That is about 17 now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do believe that he was about 60 something at the time that her mother got pregnant and her mother was like 21. So, I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. I've never met her. This is like, they're not still together. I 
don't know. I think they are. I think like he moved up there to be with her. Oh. As far as I know, I'm trying to think if this uncle is still alive, honestly. Oh. <laughs> um, I had like, cause my, I think he may have passed away. Yeah. I think he actually just passed away recently. Uh-huh. Um, he was my grandfather's brother. R.I.P. Yeah. Uncle Punk. That's what we called him. Huh? Uncle Punk. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he came from. Gotcha. I'm not even sure what his real name is, <laughs> but that is <laughs> what we called him. But he was really sweet. Like, you know, um, I always love seeing him. He's really tall. And um, I think, oh God, I hope I didn't just like pick the wrong uncle that died, but <laughs> you're killing off your family, members. Off family members over here. <laughs> I think he's the one that passed away. Either way. I have an uncle that has like a 17 year old daughter and he's like 80 something now. So mm-hmm. there's, there's that, yeah. um, there haven't been like any really secret babies mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, I wouldn't call this one a secret baby, but I've had a brother who's gone to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that wasn't even really like a secret, like we all knew when it happened and yeah. we were able to stay in touch and stuff. And it was never for anything like murder. It wasn't like a violent crime, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think like what family drama, I feel like I was family drama when I got pregnant, oh, but yeah, that's because, was. yeah, like, you know how you find out that some of your family's kind of snooty and you didn't realize how snooty they were. Oh no, I already, oh. I always knew the snooty ones from the not snooty. Ones. I didn't apparently but i found out that a lot of my family like talked about me behind my back when i got pregnant oh god oh yeah it was a lot of like stupid shit and just i mean families are really gossipy anyway so i feel like regardless of whether they i mean for i can't speak for your family but i think for my family regardless of whether they were trying to be like snooty or you know mean about it i mean obviously they're gonna talk you know they're gonna say things about you know 20 year old britney oh yeah being pregnant um i kind of knew that i actually had my mom i was like will you just because my mom's a big gossip i was like you talk anyway so why don't you just spread (laughs) the news for me why don't you why don't you get on your phone tree mom and let the family know what's up (laughs) I, I can't remember who I, okay. So like the first person in my family that I told was Amanda as before mentioned, she is my super cousin. If you do not know what that is, that means that you don't have one. Um, but she's like my favorite of the favorites, just like top tier best friend can call her for anything. We can talk about other family members together. Like she's just (laughs) like, you know, um, but she was the very first person that I called when I found out I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember taking the two tests from the dollar tree and asking her if I could get two false positives in a row. Mm-hmm. And she never judged me. She was just like really supportive yeah. the whole time. Um, and then I found out that like other, I don't even remember what the other family members were saying necessarily. Yeah. I just remember that at the time my feelings were hurt. Yeah. Because I bet. I wasn't sure like just how, how they were, I guess, because I didn't really spend a whole lot of time with them. Also, most of my cousins are a lot older than me too. Um, 
because I have old parents. So my dad, today's his, well, his birthday was um, recently. Oh. Yes. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> forgot. I'm sorry. And then I forget you're not on Facebook. So you don't see anything. Yeah. Like, but yeah. So his birthday tell was him I said this Happy month. late birthday. I'm I sorry I missed it. But um, <laughs> yeah. So like, where was I going with his birthday? Oh, they're old. So he's, he's 69. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom is 61. They are older compared to all my friends, parents normally. And with family members, um, you know, because everybody's so spread out in age, like my brothers and sisters, my cousins are kind of the same way. Like Amanda is 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And then I have another cousin, um, Justin, he's like five years older than me. And then a cousin in between him and Amanda, but we were never really that close because I mean, even five years at that point gets old pretty quickly. Like what 15 year old wants to hang out with their 10 year old cousin. Right. It just doesn't, that's not what they're looking Unless there's like a whole group of kids and it's like everybody, right. you know, the age ranges are all hanging out together. Yeah. yeah. But everybody else was like graduating at that point and it just, it didn't happen for mm-hmm. us. Um, so I just really, bonded with Amanda later on. And I think it was also because I was over her dad's house a lot more than anybody else's house. Mm -hmm. Like as I started to get a little bit older because they, their house was in my grandma's house and I was at my grandma's house almost every day. Mm -hmm. They're not her house. They were like in the neighborhood. So like down the street. Um, but yeah, I think like, I know that I was family drama a little bit, but I can't, think of anything like really significant. Like we haven't really had big cheating scandals or like so-and-so left so-and-so, you know what I mean? Like, I think the earliest one that I remember, like, cause you know, like whenever you're younger, every time, like there's like family gossip going on, they're like, get out of here. Like, go play. That's what Mm -hmm. we always heard. You need just go play. Go. All the time. Grownups are talking. Yeah. Go play. And so that's what we did. We went and <laughs> we played and we didn't even care about what they were talking about. But then like as you get older, you know, like early teens, kind of like you start hearing bits and pieces of yeah. stuff that you're, you know, your mom and aunts are talking about or your like cousins and like mm-hmm. and you start just kind of like piecing stuff together. Um, so I remember one of the earliest kind of like pieces of like family drama that I was just like what? Like it was, um, so my mom doesn't know her real dad. Mm -hmm. Um, my Nana, my peach love her RIP, um, girl, (laughs) you were wild in like, so my Nana was in the army Mm -hmm. and while she was in the army, she got pregnant and there was like this whole thing about like, it could have been like these three guys that she was kind of like, not like seeing, but like there was a, like this like mobster guy (laughs) that like, she like went to the movies with and like, he found out that she was pregnant and like, he was like, is it mine? If it's mine, you know, like I'll take care of you. And she just like, she didn't know. So she didn't like not pin it on anybody, but like she didn't tell anybody that it was theirs. Right. Definitely. Because she honestly didn't didn't know. know. Yeah. Um, there was another guy that was like 
kind of like a friend of the family. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'll just marry you. Like, you don't know who it is, but I'll just marry you, you know, because back then it was like, you're pregnant and single, like you're an outcast. So he was like, it's okay. Like you don't have to worry about it. And she's like, I don't want to marry you. (laughs) (laughs) I love my peach. She was just like, she was an independent woman and (laughs) peachy got around. I love you lady, but And then there was like another guy, like some, uh, some other, but it was just like between these like three guys and like nobody ever found out. And I remember it was my uncle Charles because my, my Nana has like six siblings, maybe Mm -hmm. I think she was one of seven or maybe one of six. Um, My uncle Charles. I think he was working in the White House at the time and she like called him and was like, hey, I need you to come down here and take me to the doctor. And he's like, what are you talking about? Why do I need to drive all the way down there to take you to the doctor? Just go to the fucking doctor. She's like, no, no, no. I need you to take me to the doctor. And he was like. Oh my God. So like on top of her, you know, being pregnant at a time where it was like not okay Mm -hmm. for single women to be pregnant. She was also asking him to come down and like take her to the doctor to get an abortion, which was also a huge no, no. And so like, I'm listening to all this and I'm like, Oh my God, like that (laughs) is wild. Like Nana, you did this. It was just, it was crazy. Um, and we still don't know. We, we still don't know who my mom's real dad is. And supposedly she like later on, she was like, Oh no, I know who it is, but she never told anybody Mm -hmm. and she's passed. And so she took it with her to the grave. And I'm like, I want to know if she actually knew or if she was just like saying that. And like my mom's done like 23 and me and like nobody's come up as like a a match. She should try ancestry. She's done that one too. Okay. Well. <laughs> you know, nothing's really come up except for like people she already knew as cousins and like mm-hmm. some like really distant people. But yeah, that could be you know, nothing back. as close as like, you know, like a long lost sibling or like a father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so that's definitely like the earliest one that I remember. Um, and then there's definitely things that happened like as a teenager and a young adult that now, you know, being 31 years old, now I look back and I'm like, you know what? I'm like just now starting to Where it like clicks. Yeah. Like yeah. connect the dots of like, damn, like this really did happen. Yeah. Um, so the, un- so my mom's uncle, he's gay. He has a partner. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's brother He's gay. He has a partner. So I've got like two sets of uncles. Mm-hmm. Um, they both lived in Palm Springs at one time. And we would always go to Palm Springs for the summers, laugh, play, have a jolly good time. Um, and I remember one time my uncle Charles was talking to me and Chloe and he was like upset that um, we were spending so much time at our other uncle's house. And we we're just like, 
I don't know. Like, yeah. And he like, you know, and then nothing ever happened after that. Um, you know, it just kind of like fell to the wayside. And then I remember my mom saying something about how like my uncle Charles had like paid for our plane tickets to go down there. And he was upset that we were spending so much time with our other uncles after because he, paid, he for- paid for the tickets. And it's just like, come on. <laughs> like, even as like adults, y'all are yeah. just so petty. Like, <laughs> it's just the worst that's funny i i remember finding out that a cousin was gay but like everybody else knew but the kids didn't because this was when nobody really talked about people being gay Mm -hmm. and like um especially like in black families Mm -hmm. and so we just always knew like my mom, I remember going to visit her and like my mom introduced her partner to us as her roommate. Like it was that whole stage when everybody was, at, this is her friend. This is oh. her roommate that she stays with, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. And um, I remember when I like finally put two and two together and I was like, oh, I was like, she's gay. Yeah. And, like just like baffled as to why it was like such like a, a, a hush hush thing. But yeah. I think it was just like the times and like, you know, mm-hmm. in the nineties and yeah. nobody really talked about, it. especially in, in, like I said, in black families, I feel like a lot of times, especially in black families, mm-hmm. it's still hush hush yeah. in some cases. But, um, and then we had, some cousins that like left the church and are atheists mm-hmm. now. And that was like this huge scandal. Like mm. people just couldn't believe it had happened. And I, I mean, like, honestly, you can't believe that happened. Cause I don't think my mom still knows that I'm not like Christian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember at some point last year, she was like, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I feel like you've been drifting farther and farther from God and da da da, da and I'm just going to pray for you. And I was just like, my mom's very fragile. My mom hates change. She literally like, I mean, not literally, but like, I'm sure if she could go back in time to like, I don't know, medieval times or something. She would just like live a simple life, like on a farm with a cottage. And she like, she just, she yearns for (laughs) the good old days, days, I guess. Um, But yeah, she couldn't, I, I fully believe she would not be able to handle the truth, which is I'm, I'm not atheist. I would, I'm more like agnostic or spiritual or whatever. Um, Certainly not Christian. Yeah, that is not a label I would put on myself. And I think that would I think she would absolutely go into hysterics. Yeah. So I'm like, I understand keeping some things from, you know, certain family members to like protect them. But at some point you've got to rip that bandaid off. You got to rip the bandaid off. Yeah. And I feel it coming. Oh, yeah. I feel it coming. It's going to happen. I think the only reason why. Mine has happened so quickly with, well, I don't even want to say quickly, but with my parents is because I'm still there Mm -hmm. right now. Um, But my mom and I have had this talk about like, well, what is it that you do believe? And I'm like, I just don't believe in organized religion Mm -hmm. as a whole. Yeah. I was like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that there are truths. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I'm not subscribing yeah. To this. I was like, Jesus wasn't even a Christian. Right. <laughs> but like, that's what confused me 
like that's whenever I, I mean, that's not whenever I had, right. but I started getting questions. I started questioning things. And I remember because my mom's side of the family, they're very religious, except for my gay uncles <laughs> and my Nana. She was not religious, but like all of her brothers and sisters were yeah. like, so there's, hold on, let me count them real quick. So there's Peach, there's Uncle Charles, Uncle David, Uncle Billy, Aunt Wanda. Okay, so it was just five. So okay. I was making up six and seven. <laughs> There's two missing children. <laughs> two missing but children. they were put up for adoption when they were like younger, mm-hmm. not like super young. I mean, they were probably like, I think the oldest was maybe like 10 years old. Um, that's more family drama. Like I still haven't pieced that one together. Something happened with their mom where she got remarried and her new husband was basically like, I don't want all these damn kids. And she said, okay. And walked him down to the orphanage and said, (laughs) bye-bye. And it was like, um, it was like a Catholic orphanage. Mm. So the two oldest kids, um, yeah. The two oldest were not, did not end up being religious. And then all of the younger ones did end up so being. Peach and Uncle Charles. Yes. Not religious. <laughs> like my uh, poor Peach. She never learned how to swim because the way they taught the kids how to swim at the orphanage so them in the was pool. pushing them in the deep end. And she like almost drowned. And so she just like never, she was like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> um, but anyway, all that to say. I remember talking to my mom and her aunt, which is my great aunt Wanda. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, "Um, what's the difference between Christianity and Judaism? And um, my mom kind of started like, well, and then my aunt Wanda like chimed in and she was like, they don't even believe that um, Jesus came back. The that, first time, that, like that he rose again he rose or again. whatever it was. And I that, was just that like was the second coming of Christ. Yeah. And yeah. she was just like almost disgusted at the fact that they believed that. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And I could tell that she was like really bothered by that question. So I did not ask the follow-up question of if Jesus was Jewish, then why isn't <laughs> everybody who believes in Jesus Jewish? Jewish? I asked my mom though <laughs> later on and um, she, you know, I, I just feel like every answer was just like a, a run around just kind of like, well, it's this and well, it's that and it's believing in this. And it's like, well, no, cause the proof is right here. It says it right there. So why? Anyway, that's a topic yeah. for a whole, <laughs> whole other, other episode. But yeah, that is religion causes a lot a lot, a lot of family drama. I think mm-hmm. I just got to the point where my parents, I wouldn't even say they're okay with me not going to church, but I essentially was like, I'm grown. I'm not going to church. You can't make me. <laughs> you can't make me. Like, <laughs> like, you live here. I don't care. I'm not going. <laughs> what are you going to do about yeah. it? Asher likes church. And like, if he likes it, as long as he likes it, I'll allow him to go. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If he starts being like, I hate it. I don't want to go. Right. Uh, then. He doesn't have to go, but right. he enjoys it. I think he enjoys being around the other kids mm-hmm. and learning stuff. Like I liked Sunday school when I was a kid too. Cause it's like, it's interesting and it's Sunday school and you're just like, Oh, okay. I hated Sunday this? school. Really? Yeah. 
I liked I never it. wanted to, like, I wanted to stay next to my mom. And yeah. they'd be like, okay, kids, time for Sunday school. I'd be like, mom, please don't make me. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go. And she'd just be like, go. You also don't All really the like kids other are going. People, but <laughs> that's true. I like the people that I like. And I, yeah, that you really, know and like. Yeah, yeah, that I know and like. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't really like the people that I don't know. Yeah. At like, first. At first. You were not like a closed off person. That's not what I'm saying. But you were very much a person that kind of like you prefer to be around people that, you know, yeah, all the time if you can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to be around people that I don't know. Yeah. Like Like Sunday school. school. I don't care about you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I liked it because I liked the songs and I used to love to sing as a kid. So like. I just loved participating in the songs. I remember some of the hand movements. It's really ridiculous. Um, And I'm not going to do it right now or sing the song, but just know that it's burned and engraved into my memory. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, sometimes like I'll find myself humming one of the songs. I'm like, the fuck did this come from? (laughs) But um, yeah, like, like we said, religion is just one of those things that we're going to talk about another time because we could go on. But I think the way that your family reacts to you saying that you're not religious is kind of funny, especially like, I don't, when they grow up in like the Bible belt or something with Mm -hmm. really strong ties to religion. And it's like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because they're all from Louisiana Mm. and Texas. Well, yeah. We're from Kentucky, (laughs) Mississippi and Georgia. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah right there in the good old bible belt yeah of southern hospitality do you believe in family curses yes like i okay so like generational curses is how i've always heard of them like just things that are like passed down and not necessarily that somebody like put a curse on our family mm-hmm. but like I've always seen like alcoholism and things like that as kind of like a a family curse in a sense to gambling, you know, like those types of addictions can also be seen as curses. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'll tell you, like for me, like alcoholism runs in my family, gambling runs in my family. Um, I want to say those are like the two big ones. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me with the alcohol, I will make it a point at least once a year to like give up alcohol for a month Mm -hmm. to make sure that I still have like this power over it Mm -hmm. and that like the curse hasn't caught up with me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like this internal thing because I know that it would be really easy, especially like during COVID, I drank all the fucking time. (laughs) Like I would wake up, I'd be like, oh, it's 10 o'clock. I've got liquor. Like (laughs) I don't have anywhere to be. I started drinking less during quarantine. I wish I had. (laughs) (laughs) I think during quarantine, it made my tolerance like drop way low. Cause beforehand, you know, like being a bartender server or whatever, like you're going out after shifts, you're having shift shots, you know, you're like having a drink after work. And then all of a sudden I wasn't doing that. And I mean, we would still get like bottles of wine, you know, whenever we went to the store or whatever, Yeah. but that was about it. And I start like, I, I remember like halfway through quarantine, having like a glass of wine and being sloshed 
I was out of there. I was done. And I was like, how did this happen? Who am I? I'm a one glasser. This uh, can't be, but it was. Oh, wow. No, yeah. I don't. Maybe it's because I wasn't going out and stuff like with before um, COVID. Yeah. I wasn't really, I mean, you saw where I worked. Um, so I did not really hang out with a lot of people from there. We did not go out and have drinks. Yeah. Um, I think the most I would go out is when you would invite me to like meet up with you and some of your friends after work sometimes, but mm -hmm. like that was probably it. Like I didn't really go out much and I think I just got bored at the house all the time, which is crazy for me because I am such a homebody. Mm -hmm. Like really I'm a huge homebody and I'm like thinking back cause I've been out of the house a lot recently and I don't like it. I need to like, bunker down recharge and recharge myself yeah mm -hmm. but um I don't think it started off like that way for me like during quarantine but it was mm -hmm. kind of like as it progressed and as soon as like liquor became available for to go mm -hmm. I was like bet mm -hmm. um because I also don't live near a liquor store you don't live near anything I don't <laughs> like it's so shitty this is why I'm moving to Fort Worth but um it's like a good 20 25 minute drive to get to a liquor store so when I would go on liquor runs I would stock up I was spending yeah. like a hundred plus dollars mm -hmm. on <laughs> liquor every time I would go. Yeah. So we just had bottles ready to go. And then yeah. I would also grab myself a couple little bottles so that I could keep those to myself and not have questions asked about where the liquor went because oh, I hate people God. judging my liquor intake. <laughs> okay. This sounds like the curse. It sounds, it like, sounds the curse. like the curse. This is why I do what I do. And I give up alcohol for at least a month uh -huh. every year. So that month is coming up, I think. No, I've done it. I did it this year. I need to do it. <laughs> Don't do it more than once a year. <laughs> no. You better not. <laughs> once we've accomplished that, we move on from it. Okay. Yeah. No, but like, I don't like to not drink during the holidays. No, I get it. Like, I love. Especially Christmas yeah. when I get Shiner like. Shiner has a holiday cheer beer. Yes, that is I love one of my their favorite cheer And I don't beer. normally like Shiner. That's not even why I'm saying I <laughs> want to drink during the holidays. <laughs> but it, it couples with my seasonal depression. So the alcohol pairs the nicely. They pair <laughs> great together. <laughs> Especially like around Christmas, whatever minded that I'm single, I'm sitting around and watching like Daniel get gifts from his girlfriend and all the couples and things. Yeah. So I'm over it <laughs> already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so family curses for you. Do you think you have any, you know, I think I do. And I've, there's one that I kind of like, maybe it's more of my, my anxiety, I think, but like, I think it's like a curse on some of the women. Mm. Cause like, <laughs> I mean, it might not be a curse. It may just be who we are. <laughs> I might be blaming it on a curse, but like, so the woman who gave her like kids up for adoption for a man, mm -hmm. like that was super shitty. And then my Nana, Peach, she had, like, a baby out of wedlock, didn't know who the dad was, quote, unquote. And then she had three kids, two girls and a boy. Mm -hmm. um, 
my mom, she had three kids, two girls and a boy, me and Chloe and Austin, my yeah. brother. Um, and I mean, it's not funny, but my aunt Trish, she passed away back in 2001, oh. 2000. And so I'm just like, did she have any kids? She did. That's my cousin, Anthony. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so she passed away and I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm like almost afraid that like Chloe or I is going to pass away like untimely because I'm like, it's, it's just so similar. And then it's like, I had a baby with like an absent father. Right. So I'm like, it's just like, I feel like a pattern is forming. I, and I, it's, I see what you're it's saying. It's just something that has been at the back of my mind pretty much ever since I had Carter. Yeah. It's just like something that's back there. That's just like, this is too similar. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I get it. But I, it also probably is just my you, like, anxiety. Are connecting the dots, but yeah. I'm also like, I think, <laughs> I think y'all will be okay. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Obviously. I really hope so. But yeah. maybe it's like a curse on like our relationship with men that which again like i said before it could just be us (laughs) it could just be me (laughs) i could be the problem Uh, um but i don't know i don't know i because i just feel like what she did was so fucking shitty that for a guy you all are all having to suffer for that something something happened somewhere i can see i don't know if it was the universe or a fucking witch yeah but like I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But I also definitely believe in like karma and how like the karma of our ancestors can also be passed down to us. Good or bad, obviously. Mm-hmm. But with the kind of woman that Peach was, it That's sounds true. like she was fucking awesome and would have reversed all that shit. That's true. So, like, and she was, she was pretty spiritual. Like she believed in like psychics and stuff like that. And yeah. I think me and Chloe definitely think that she had psychic powers because the night that we got the call about my aunt Trish, it was the day after Christmas. And it was literally like, we were just like, hanging out like me and Chloe had just gone to bed and the phone rang and we could hear my Nana. She goes, it's Trish. And she gets up and she like, we can hear her like run across the apartment mm-hmm. to get to the phone. And sure enough, it was, I don't, I'm, I think it was, I don't know if it was like the fire department cause she was pronounced dead on the scene. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she like knew was she going through anything at the time? Like your aunt? Oh, no. It was... Um, so she had just dropped Anthony off at the airport. Mm-hmm. So he could fly... They were in Texas. So he could fly back to Seattle to see his dad for like Christmas time. Yeah. On her way back home from the airport, she hit a patch of black ice and got hit by oh, a semi. God. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So it was, it was sudden. It was completely yeah. sudden. So it was yeah. just like something in her she knew knew. Mm -hmm. i wonder do you feel like thing i know we talked about curses but like do you feel like gifts are passed down yes and chloe got it (laughs) you sound a little bitter i am i'm not bitter but i'm jealous she got it she got whatever fucking special cool psychic thing (laughs) spiritual thing that my nana had my mom doesn't have it, clearly. I don't have it, clearly. 
This clearly upsets me. Maybe it hasn't been unlocked yet. Maybe. I'm working on it, though. (laughs) Okay. My mom didn't work on it, (laughs) but I'm working on it. I'm glad. Yeah. Hope it gets better for you because the look on your face right now, you just look so disappointed. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, I don't hate it. I just wish that I was like as intuitive as they are. Yeah. Because Chloe is just so intuitive. I just, she's like almost psychic like my Nana was. It's yeah. a little bit frustrating. And here I am making all the wrong decisions. <laughs> just go to Chloe. <laughs> Blaming it on a family curse. <laughs> what do I do next? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if my grandma... If she had like gifts like that, I know my mom, like my, my mom's sister has talked about how she's seen ghosts like come and sit on her bed. I don't want that fucking gift. Let me just throw that well, out I've there. I've seen a ghost. I'll let you keep that too. Yeah. Um, I don't want that. It I wasn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> I have zero <laughs> desire to see spiritual <laughs> shit um, because I also like everybody that I've talked to about things like that is like when your mind is opened up to see things like that, you don't just get to see the good spiritual shit. You see all the spiritual shit. So I just don't want to see any of it (laughs) at all. So I'll, I'll leave that for those people that have that gift. Um, but my mom, like, I think I've shared this with you a couple of times, her dreams. So Mm -hmm. my mom used to have dreams so bad that she said that she like prayed for them to go away. Mm. They weren't like full on nightmares or anything, but they were very vivid dreams of events that like would happen possibly, but it was never like super clear to the point where like it was. (sighs) Okay. So like, for example, she would know when people were pregnant before they knew that they were pregnant. So Mm -hmm. she'd have a dream about them being pregnant or like fish in the dream and a person that she hadn't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And then like a few weeks later, she'd find out they were pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then with, um, she had a green, a dream. <laughs> she had a dream about my grandma, um, before she passed, I believe. I can't remember how the dream went, but she had that dream. And then she had one about my uncle but didn't know it was about my uncle at the time. Like Mm -hmm. I remember her telling me about this dream. It was like in November, the year before he passed and Mm -hmm. he had passed away in March. He ended up Mm -hmm. passing away in March. Wow. And the dream was like her walking up. um, And she was at a funeral home and she couldn't see who was in the casket. But I remember her saying, she's like, your uncle's family was on the front row. Yeah. And like, she didn't think anything about it. I didn't think anything about it because she didn't say that he wasn't there. Right. She just said your uncle's family. And I'm like, okay, like maybe it was somebody on their side that had passed away in her dream. Yeah. She said she saw my grandma who had already passed at this point and she was the only one that could see her and she was talking to her, but nobody else could like see who she was talking to. It was like really weird. Yeah. And she kept trying to get up to the casket to see who was in it and never got close enough to see Oh, the wow. person in the casket and then my uncle passed away in March. Wow. Yeah. But I remember so vividly her telling me about this dream and like, um, I used to think I wanted dreams. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't want to know if people are going to die before they die. Yeah. I don't think I want that either. And I don't think I can like tell my dreams what I want them to be. <laughs> so I don't think she really had a choice on what she's seeing, um, in her dreams. Mm-hmm. So I've had like, 
I wouldn't want to say like six senses or anything like that, but I would like to say that my intuition is pretty good, except for when it comes to like picking men for myself. Mm-hmm. It's trash there. Yeah. It's just straight. I don't know it's if I'm your, just not. It's your blind spot. Yeah. Like maybe mm-hmm. I'm not listening to my intuition. I'm sure there's Probably something not. there that's like telling me, mm-hmm. but I'm like, no, it's fine. Yeah. He looks like he'd be great. Mm-hmm. And then he turns out to be trash. Yeah. You know, but. I think, I think I'm probably just not listening to myself. That's probably my own fault. It's probably not a curse. I wish I could blame it on a curse or try it. I did. (laughs) Works for me. (laughs) I might have to, or like. The name of the game is deflect. Man. Or like one thing. So my grandma, she had really like really good intuition about everybody. So my, um. Amanda's mom met my grandma and I think she was dating someone at the time. And my uncle was also dating someone at the time. And my grandma was like, you're going to marry my son. And she was like, Oh, Miss Burns, you're so funny. Like I'm already in a relationship. Like literally within, I want to say within like a month, both of them had ended their relationships And they've been together for however many years now. And then my dad called my grandma's phone. Mm -hmm. Um, At one point he was working in real estate. Both my parents were when they met. And so my dad called my grandma to ask for my mom, I think Um, like for business. I think she was Mm -hmm. living with them. And when he called um, and they got off the phone, my grandma told my mom that he was, or she was going to marry him. Yeah. And I'm like, Damn where it. is she when I fucking need her? I like, <laughs> I'm like, can you show up at a dream? Mm. Can you like yeah. give me a hint? Just, I'm going to throw a picture my way. I'm like, going to start manifesting for signs that the one is the one. See, I feel like I misread all the fucking signs. So I wouldn't even trust a sign unless it's like a big ass blinking sign that's like this one right just here. ask for really clear ones yeah what does that look like <laughs> um maybe to play a, a certain song or okay. have them like approach you in a certain way okay or i don't yeah. know <laughs> i haven't thought about it yet <laughs> i don't know yet i'll right. let you know whenever i <laughs> thanks whenever i come up I'll with brainstorm some. a little bit yeah maybe maybe we'll start a new family tradition that we can pass down <laughs> to our kids manifesting your manifesting spouse. your spouse so that you get signs that tell you that they're the one yeah on the day preferably on a day that i want a spouse because like the way that i operate you know some days i do some days i don't Okay, I hear you. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. Learned a lot. So, um, mm-hmm. every episode we like to have a shine moment, a coconut oil shine moment of the <laughs> week. Uh, just something that makes us happy, something that lifts our spirits, something happened that, you know, is memorable, a shiny moment. What's your shine moment of the week? My shine moment, I would say, was probably today. Um, Asher fell asleep in the car 
And my dad always picks him up because he gets out of school at like three. Mm -hmm. And so he brought him into the house or no, I went outside to get him to bring him into the house and I picked him up and my boy is big y'all, um, six, but like his legs when they're dangling come below my knees, (laughs) he's just a big long boy. Um, but he, as a baby, when I would hold him, he used to like pat my arm, just like Aww. a gentle tap. And today, like bringing him in, his arms were over my shoulder and he was just like patting Aww. my back the same way that he used to as a baby. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. And so that was kind of like my little, my little shine moment. Little happy moment. Yeah. And then I remember telling him he was heavy and he was like, yeah, he goes, 59 pounds is a lot. And I weigh 59 pounds. I'm like, yeah, it is. But Carter used to put his arm like under almost like under my armpit like <laughs> between my arm and my boob oh, like as a comfort thing yeah he still does it <laughs> and I have to be like get your hand out of my armpit please like sometimes it's okay uh, like if we're cuddling you know yeah. he just kind of like just kind of puts it? it over there like that's fine but sometimes he'll just like shove it in my armpit <laughs> when I'm not expecting it and I'm like stop it Get it out of there. It's so funny how some of those little things carry on. Asher, my dad, when um, he was a baby, used to like not bite his fingers, Mm -hmm. but he would like put his fingers in his mouth and like do this thing where he would like kind of hold them there between like like, his lips. Not suck on them, but Mm -hmm. it was like Um, hold them like this and like almost bite them. But like the lip, his lips mm -hmm. were in between like Mm -hmm. his teeth and his fingers. Yeah. And so Asher had a really bad habit up until like four of trying to stick his fingers in your mouth when he was going to sleep. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. It was annoying as hell, but, um, (laughs) he has grown out of that. And I think he grew out of the foot thing too. (laughs) 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 We won't talk about that. So what was, what was your shine moment? My shine moment was, um, so there's this group of girls that, Whenever I went to Argentina for like a study abroad thing, um, we kind of all just like gravitated towards each other. Um, We had roommates um, at like all the hotels and stuff that we stayed at. And so like there was a pair of roommates, a pair of roommates, and then me and my roommate who I didn't really know that well. Um, and I always like tagged along with like these four other girls, you know, cause I was like, I love you guys. You guys yeah. are funny and cool and smart. And we just kind of like became like a little group. Um, and then after the Argentina trip, we still like kept in contact and had like a Snapchat group chat where we like talked like over quarantine. We, um, did, um, a zoom birthday for one of the girls and it was so much fun. Um, So we got together kind of recently, a few months ago for this like friends exhibit in Dallas because we're all also big friends fans. Mm -hmm. And then um, we were talking recently about like wanting to get together again and like go somewhere again because we're just all very similar in like travel styles. Like whenever we travel, I mean, that one time we traveled (laughs) all together, um, you know, we like to explore we like to kind of get lost in the city we like to eat like the locals and do what the locals do um and so we were talking about like we need to go somewhere again everybody all together um so I was pretty much jobless (laughs) most of August all of September um 
most of October Mm -hmm. and they were talking in October of like getting together, going on a little trip. And they were like, well, yeah, like let's stay local, you know, COVID restrictions, all that. Like, let's not chance anything. So, um, we were talking about doing like a cabin. They were like, let's go, um, like the week before Thanksgiving and, um, do like a cabin, do like a glamping trip. And I was like, uh, at this point I had just gotten my new job. So like I had a job, I, you know, but I, I have a lot of stuff I needed to catch up Mm -hmm. on. So I was like, you know, I was like, it sounds really fun. I was like, but you guys go ahead. Like, I'm not going to be able to afford this trip. Like I've it's for me, it's just going to be like an unexpected. Yeah expense kind of thing and they were just like okay okay you know didn't really say anything else about it which you know i'm totally cool with (laughs) don't let my poverty stop you please (laughs) um but then one of the girls messaged me and she was just like you know she was like hey we know it was an unexpected expense um but we really want you there they're like it just wouldn't be the same without the fifth girl Mm -hmm. and blah 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 and they're like the cabin's already paid for like if you just want to come and we're just going to do dinner at the cabin i was like Oh my God. I was almost in tears. Um, I feel like if I'd been in any other environment other than sitting at a bar, (laughs) I probably would have cried. Um, but it was just so sweet that, you know, they were like, we want you there anyway. And while I feel bad for going and not paying at the end of the day, I know, I know at the end of the day, I know that it's going to be reciprocated back to them like yes, you said it how it be. you know whenever somebody's able to bless you you accept it so that that person can get, can their, get their blessing as well and, and also, i totally agree and they all deserve it so yeah. yeah and you say things that you mean i feel like you're very intentional about your words and how you answer people and if you can do something or afford something or not and so i'm sure they did the same thing so like Stop feeling guilty. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like they wouldn't have told you to still come if they did not want you to still come. That's true. And I just have to remind myself that all the time of like, they could have easily gone without me. They could have just been like, okay, okay. Cool. sorry to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And then just gone on with and their I day. And I would have totally been okay with yeah. that. But just the fact that they like reached back out and they were like, no, we really want you there. It just, it touched my heart. That's sweet. I mean, you're pretty fun to be around sometimes, oh. I guess. I kind of like it. Thank I might you. stick with you. Thanks, Or girl. just get this tattoo removed at some point. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I would never. Not. I would never. I'm going to come and tattoo you again in your motherfucking sleep. <laughs> <laughs> if you all don't know, we do have matching tattoos-ish. They're in the same placement, but mm-hmm. yeah. So, all right. I think I have a word for today since we have missed it on a couple of our episodes yeah um so legome is my word of today and before i answer just to let everybody know we like to do a little vocab word well we try to do a little vocab word at the end because we want to not only nourish your minds and your souls but your mind, but too. your brains too. <laughs> your brains, because those are different. You can see that we need our brains and our minds nourished today. It's been a long day. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do a little vocab word. Um, Mira will give me a word. I'll try and guess it, mm-hmm. and then we'll all learn together. Okay, say the word again. The word is legome. 
is this a cousin to legume? <laughs> it is not. It doesn't have anything to do with beans. It has nothing okay. to do with beans. Can you use it in a motherfucking sentence, please? I can. I would like to live a life full of legume. Luxury. No. Mm, freedom. <laughs> are you are you ready? No. Yes. Okay. Do you yeah, want yeah. to? No, 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 no. Okay. It is the principle of living a balanced, moderately paced, low fuss life. Oh, that's good. Legome. 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 Okay. I keep wanting to say legume. I know. I did too at first. That's why I had to keep reading it. Legome. Okay. Good word. Good word. Thank you. Thank you. I love that word. Say the meaning again because I already forgot. It is. Living a balanced life. Low the principle fuss. of living a balanced, moderately paced, moderately low fuss paced. life. Low fuss life. I can get with that. That I can is get with that for sure. Goal. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening once again. Please yes. don't forget to subscribe, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and yeah. let us know how we're doing. Give us a follow on Instagram at coconutoil.podcast. Be on the lookout for our new TikTok channel so you can put some faces with these voices if you don't already know us in person because most of y'all probably do. But (laughs) we hope to have some fun content. But thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.